from the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch. This is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Assistant Features Editor at the Dispatch, and I'm joined in studio today by my colleague, lifestyle reporter Ali Ward. We're dedicating this episode to powerful women because there will be a host of them making headlines in central Ohio in the coming week. Let's start with actress Vivica A. Fox, who, along with Jasmine Sanders, will co-host a girls' night out for laughs, featuring four female comics at the Greater Columbus Convention Center on Saturday night. There's also going to be a showing of the classic Billy Wilder movie Sunset Boulevard, which revived the career of Gloria Swanson. You may remember when she famously said, All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. You don't? Well, it may sound more convincing if you hear her say it herself when it's playing at the Drexel on Tuesday. But if you want real, body-slamming power, I don't know if you can get more than what you'll find at WWE Monday Night Raw when it returns to Columbus on Labor Day. Things are bound to get rowdy at Value City Arena when Ronda Rousey, the former UFC superstar, enters the octagon, I mean the ring. She'll be joined by plenty of other big names, including Hilliard native Alexa Bliss, the former local cheerleader who has made quite a name for herself as a villain in professional wrestling. For safety's sake, Allie and I have decided to tag team this interview as Alexa, otherwise known as Alexis Kaufman, joins us by phone. Thanks for joining us today, Alexa. No, thank you. Appreciate it. Now, in your last competition, SummerSlam, you had your title belt taken by former mixed martial arts artist Ronda Rousey. What was it like to compete against her? It was cool. You know, it's it's really cool to be in the ring with someone from a completely different background than what we're used to here in WWE. But, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. And obviously, my goal now is to get the title back. But, uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience. It was, it was a lot of fun. And you mentioned trying to get the title back. When can we expect a rematch? I have no idea. I have a rematch clause. Um, you know, when you when you have the title, you have a rematch clause. You can make a rematch whenever. So, I don't know. I think I'm just going to hold on to it for a little bit until the right time. Well, and Alexa, with the upcoming Women's Only Pay-Per-View Special Evolution coming up in October, I mean, how exciting. You know, do you feel like that is kind of signaling that female wrestlers are kind of really starting to get the respect that they deserve? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's one of the moments that, you know, the evolution is all about. You know, I think this is the major payoff for, you know, this revolution that started two years ago and, and how it's how it's evolved and, you know, we've gotten opportunity after opportunity and, you know, our women have delivered time and time again and I think this is the ultimate, you know, payoff for that and it's a all women's pay per view, which is amazing. And, you know, we've had the May Young Classic and which is also really exciting and really fun to watch and this is just gonna be, I think huge and I'm really excited for it. Well, and do you think like these types of things, you know, are allowing for the more competitive angles of these matches to be highlighted, you know, instead of kind of more of the drama and the glitz and glamour, you know, it's more about your guys' athletic ability and and what you're able to do in the ring? Absolutely. I mean, that's what the whole evolution is about anyway. So I think the fact that, you know, and it's such an appropriate name for the pay-per-view to evolution, I think that, you know, it's going to be a lot of hard-hitting matches, a lot of competitiveness, and to really showcase, you know, what our women have worked for and what we can actually do. Can you compare it to the WWE that you grew up watching? I mean, as far as the role of women then and, and what it's like now? Well, I grew up in, you know, the Attitude Era. Um, it was more so, I was always a big fan of, like, Trish and Lita, and I watched Rey Mysterio, and it was definitely a different style of matches, but if it weren't for the matches that, you know, the women in the Attitude Era were having, you know, we wouldn't have 
this evolution now because, you know, the fans would see, you know, we'd get time constraints or, you know, certain stipulations and matches and that now it's just completely different. And I think that that's, that just showcases, you know, how far we've come. And, and I think that if it weren't for, you know, the, the divas and the attitude area, we wouldn't have the evolution we have today. And is a women's main event at WrestleMania, is that in the future? I hope so. I think that would be amazing. You know, that's always, I think that's always the goal of every, every woman is to made about WrestleMania, so I don't think it's too far off. Do you consider yourself a role model for young girls? And if so, are you comfortable with that? My character on TV? No. <laughs> <laughs> My character on TV is very, very uh, mean and malicious and not nice at all. Pretty much a big bully. But, you know, it's definitely, I'd say, as my and the stories that we portray and the lessons that we that we teach and what we do, I would say that's definitely appropriate for, you know, little girls to look up to. Like, for example, the um, storyline with Nia Jax, you know, it was something we both felt very strongly about, which is body positivity, and we wanted to showcase that, and so we had to make it as real as possible because we're both so passionate about it, and we both, you know, want to show that, you know, it's okay to love yourself for who you are and how you look, and we both have struggled with body issues, and so we made sure that we made that storyline as real possible even though I was the bad guy I kind of had to be to portray the right kind of story because people deal with this stuff every day well and how do you kind of balance that between you know when I know when we spoke back in March of 2017 yeah you said you're very different from the character that you portray on TV and you know in the ring how do you kind of balance that with then trying to be a role model and trying to speak out for body positivity and you know female empowerment that's where our extra you know media comes into play you know we we get to do signings you know appearances at Comic-Con, you know, things where people, the fans can really come and relate to us as people. You know, they come and meet the character, but they get to meet us as people. And I think social media helps a lot, too, because, you know, on social media, we are what we want to portray. And, you know, for me, it's very important to show, like, hey, this is this is who I portray on TV, but that's not who I am. And this is what I actually stand for. And, you know, WWE gives us a great platform to be able to do that. And especially, you know, we have the Be A Star campaign and we do the Be A Star rallies. And so WWE gives us a lot of platform to show, you know, that our characters aren't how we feel, if that makes sense. So it's like we have a positive message. WWE gives us a great platform to show that. How did you feel about being cast as a villain? in the beginning at first I was very nervous because I was like oh my gosh I don't know how you mean because you know I, my NXT character with all the glitter and the tutus and stuff that was like that was truly who I felt like I was <laughs> and so to be a villain it was very different but it's become so fun and pretty much second nature and it's, it's really fun to portray a character that is so complete opposite at the other end of the spectrum that it's like really fun so what's the secret to being a bad girl so I do a lot of people watching. I take a lot of inspiration from people that I've seen or have known in the past. And I watch people a lot. And if something that someone does irritates me, I'm like, okay, that's probably going to irritate someone else. So I kind of mimic people around me and, you know, girls that I've known or girls that I've dealt with that are just like, you know, mean girls. And I try to kind of emulate that. Would you prefer to be the, you know, the hero, the face, or, or are you comfortable in the role of heel and villain now? I think it'll, it would be fun to, you know, portray the the good guy for once, but, you know, I'm having so much fun being a bad guy, and it's, it's fun because it's, it's portraying a completely different character, and I think that's what's so fun about it. You mentioned earlier uh, body issues. Can you talk about your own battle with anorexia? Yeah, when I was 15 and 19, I had gone through two separate eating disorders. They were anorexia, and I was hospitalized 
kept for about two months with each of them because my organs and heart were shutting down from them. And it was a long process to be able to heal and recover from that. And, you know, the first time I healed from it, I thought I was good and, you know, I wouldn't relapse. But then I started college cheer and the stress and, I guess, pressure of how we needed to look and act and be really got to me and I relapsed really bad and I actually just left after a football game. I was like 85 pounds and I told my my cheer squad, I was like, this has been fun, but I got to go home and get healthy. And I drove home in my uniform. I admitted myself to the hospital the next day and, you know, it's been a process ever since. And that's when I started the um, competitive bodybuilding was to gain weight in a healthy way. My trainers, uh, Mike Davies and Natalie Calland were saying how like if I didn't start to eat, I was going to go on stage and embarrass myself. They were like, you're going to be on stage in six weeks. You can either embarrass yourself or you can, you know, have muscle and, you know, look good. And so then I just kind of put my faith in my trainers and they led me to a healthier lifestyle. And you ended up on stage at the Arnold Classic here in Columbus, right? How did that go? Yeah, um, I, I had actually been in the Arnold Classic every year since I was five with oh, wow. gymnastics, cheerleading, bodybuilding. And then I was really upset when I went to WWE because I was like, oh, no, it's my first time not being at the Arnold Classic. But we ended up going for NXT for two years in a row, which was really cool. So I was like, oh, I didn't really get to miss out on anything. But yeah, it's something I participated in since I was five. So it's like it's a part of my life. And I got to compete as uh, an amateur and as a pro, which was really awesome. And that was my goal to compete pro with Arnold Classic before, you know, going to WWE. Because at that point, I had already been signed. And it was just a lot of fun. And I love the Arnold Classic. I love how everyone comes together for it. And it's the biggest event in Columbus. And it's always so much fun. And it's like home. Well, and Alexa, you know, since you've been kind of sharing this story about your eating disorders and struggle with body image over the past kind of year or two, you know, what do you think has been the impact? And, you know, what do you tell young fans that kind of ask about it or maybe are struggling with similar issues? I actually at a Comic-Con recently had a young girl ask me the same thing because she was going through an eating disorder. And she asked me how I got over it. And honestly, it's something that you never get over because it's always going to be a part of you. But it doesn't have to define you. So I always say that, you know, you're worth more than a weight on a scale. You know, you can't have your self-worth be determined by social media or, you know, the stereotypical Hollywood type of woman because it's not realistic. And I've, I've always been really honest about that, too, like on my social media, you know, like I always say, yeah, I look this way because it's not real. It's touched up. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very, it's very important to be open and honest about that. And, you know, I always say you get to struggle every day, but you have to keep going. It's a day by day process. I've been there. And, you know, people don't understand unless you've been through it. And I remember even when I was in the hospital, I had, you know, these athletes come visit me in the hospital. And I remember thinking, you don't know what I'm going through because you've never been through it. So to have someone to actually have gone through it and come out on the other end successful, especially being so close to dying from it, I think it's it's very important that people see that, you know, it doesn't have to define you. And you're worth more than, than what you weigh or how you look. And it's all about how you feel as a person. How does it feel to be coming back to Columbus now and competing in front of people who know you? It's awesome. You know, last time we were here with WWE, I was in a fatal five-way match, and I actually was victorious, which was really cool, and the whole place erupted, which was crazy because I'm a bad guy. I'm used to getting booed, but it was awesome, and it's so cool. It's always so fun to come back to Columbus and see all the Buckeye jerseys and Blue Jackets jerseys and the things that remind me of home. I always make sure I get, like, Cheryl's cookies and everything like that. (laughs) I'm really excited to come back home, and it's really special whenever we do because I remember I was always going to shows at, you know, Nationwide Arena or the Sean Seed, and the fact that we are performing there now is just awesome. Well, Alexa, I know you're a big Blue Jackets fan, 
fan and the, the season is creeping up. What are your predictions for the Blue Jackets this year? Oh, gosh, I don't know. So every time I like a player, like really like a player, they always get traded. So <laughs> I'm going to be very quiet on my predictions this year because I always seem to have bad luck. But, you know, hopefully we have a really successful year. Yeah, I'm hoping to get, make it to a game or two. It's so hard with traveling. I just last time I was there, I was there for a playoff game and that just happened to be because I was randomly in Columbus doing media in the morning and the guy that was with me on media was the ticket rep for Nationwide Arena. And it was just one of those happened to be the right place, right time situations allowing me to go to a game and it was so much fun. I missed it so much. But hopefully, you know, we have a successful season and make it to the playoffs. That's what it's all about. So I have one maybe seemingly random question, but I'm kind of wondering, have you ever needed to use one of your signature moves outside the ring? You know, can we see any WWE defense classes that you're going to be developing? No, what happens in the ring stays in the ring, 100%. (laughs) You know, we're trained to do it a certain way. And, you know, that whole, like, don't try this at home stuff is real. All right. I mean, mentally, I've hit people with stuff multiple times <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Very good, Alexa. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really looking forward to have you here in town. Thank you. I'm excited to be there. Yeah, take care, Alexa. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.